630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. And it's Andrew Kopp on the counter left to right. Finds Paul Stasty. Right circle shoots and scores. And Paul Stasty has won it at 4.06 of overtime. The Jets lead the best of seven series. Two games to none. There is the only goal tonight. Paul Stastny beating Mike Smith in overtime. The Jets win it 1-0. They lead the best of seven, 2-0. And Connor Hellebuck has been brilliant. 70 saves on 71 shots through the first two games in this series. Outdueling Mike Smith, who has also been excellent. 53 saves on 56 shots for a 946 save percentage, yet he's 0-2 in the series. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown inside Rogers Place. It's 1027. Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. Well, Oilers fans, your worst nightmare is coming true. Connor Hellbuck is stopping everything. The Oilers' depth scoring is not able to score. And then to make the nightmare even worse, the Oilers' primary scorers aren't scoring well uh, I, I don't know what is more unbelievable sitting here right now is the fact that the Oilers are down 0-2 or the fact that Connor and Leon have zero points in two hockey games uh, I, I, th- I think that I, I probably would if someone said okay you got to take one of the two which one will happen I think I, I would have picked the Oilers being down 0-2 uh, after the season that Connor and Leon had after the way that they played against the Jets all year and to be able for the Jets to be able to find a way to come out in, in the first two games here in Edmonton and, and slow them down and limit their opportunities, uh, that uh, shows you the, the desperation and, and the commitment that the Jets have put on playing against those two. Uh, this was a, it was a good hockey game. The Oilers had their chances. They had the chances on the power play in the third period. They had their chance in the first uh, 30, 40 seconds of the overtime. They had a couple golden opportunities. The one time the puck was just sitting there, wide open net pucks about two feet away from the goal line. And unfortunately for the Oilers, DeMello was the only guy that was close enough to get it. Uh, a frustrating night for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, but again, a, a confidence builder for the Winnipeg Jets that went through absolute misery the last three weeks of their season. And the thing that hurts as an Oilers fan right now is the Jets have done it the first game without two of their top four forwards and in the second game without their best forward in Ehlers who I would imagine you will see fairly soon in this series. So one nothing the Jets take it third time in franchise history the Oilers play a one nothing overtime game they had a couple against Dallas Ryan Smith had an overtime winner in 97. Benoit Hogue had one in 98. And now Stastny gets this one tonight. Rob, on the on the power play, 339 of power play time in the first. So Stastny gets called for slashing Cuckoo, which quite frankly was probably about the 27th hardest slash oh, in this game that, tonight. That was an absolute I, I was surprised that it was called. Even though it was on a scoring chance, I, I don't know if he affected the shot. But anyway, no. they called yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And then Stanley, uh, a boarding penalty on Ethan Bear, which as a total aside, I think should be called more often in oh, the NHL. That was a, I mean, Matt Benning yep. got drilled the other night for, for Nashville, and it, it wasn't called. So they gave the Oilers a five-on-three for 21 seconds. So was it... And they got a shot right away, but that power play as a whole, did they execute well but just not finish? Were they not executing well? What happened? Uh, they, they just didn't finish. 
Um, there was only 21 seconds. They did what they needed to do, and that was win the faceoff. Because if they lose the faceoff, the five on three is gone. It would have been. It would have taken them a good 20 seconds to retrieve and come back. So they did the the, the hard part. Uh, they got the shot they wanted. The, the the only thing on that one is they wanted to go from Connor all the way across to Leon for the one timer. Helen Beck knew that. I mean, that's when you play a team over and over and over again in a playoff series, you know everything about the other team. So they knew that puck was going there. Hellebuck got across. And Leon got Goodwood, but he didn't get great on that one. It kind of handcuffed them a little bit. So there's the one play. And then Connor McDavid set up Chase on. That's that one play they like where Chase on gets his stick just behind the goalie's pads. And it, it, they just missed it. It just, I'd like to say, I never saw a replay of it, but he, Connor fired it. And Chase on missed it. And then after that, it, the desperation of the, the Jets. You also, I mean, the Oilers, Connor McDavid had a wide open net. Well, I wouldn't call it wide open net, but he had the goalie down, three players down, and he's got time and space to make a play. And DeMello, in, a, in an act, act of absolute desperation and hope, f- facing the net, throws both his hands and his feet up in the air, and McDavid hits him. I don't know if it was in the head or in the hand, but it stayed out. I mean, that's the Oilers' best player. The best player in the world had a chance there. So the Oilers had opportunities, but this was just a game that... Uh, you knew one bounce, one break, one shot was going to be the difference, and the Winnipeg Jets got it. So Stastny with the only goal of the game. The assists go to Kopp and Pullman. Nice play by Kopp and Pullman. You see, he might be the leading point getter in the series. <laughs> like, I think he is. I think he's the leading point getter in the series right now. Goal, well, I think somebody wanted it, and Shifley wound up with a couple of points the other oh, night. Oh, that's right. I forgot yeah, about the, got two assists on I the, forgot the, about the And Wheeler had a goal and assist the other night as well. Jets were 0 for 2 on the power play. The Oilers were 0 for 3. The final shots in the game, 38-36 for Edmonton, despite being outshot 17-11 in the first and 13-6 in the first 10 minutes of the game. Again, this was a horrific, I'm going to use that word, this was a, hor- a horrible first 10 minutes for the Oilers mm-hmm. and that, that honestly Rob you know that is that is the one thing that I think bugs me the most and, and like I you know I don't want to get emotional about it or anything but watching the team all year and you know full credit for being Ottawa Ottawa stunk when they played them they didn't have NHL goaltending awesome you jumped all over them you should be like I don't have a problem with a good team beating a bad team that's how pro, pro sports yep. should work but like, wake up in the first 10 minutes. Like, enough is enough. Why are you sitting there saying, well, okay, Mike, you're a good goalie. Let's let's put you to the test here. And, and I know the Jets are doing things, and, and I know the quality of the opponent comes into play, but that was a terrible opening 10 minutes by the Oilers. Quite frankly, Rob, even worse than the moribund effort two days ago. Uh, I, I agree. Uh, it, it's last game you and I talked about the fact that most times when a team is on the road, uh, the, the one phrase it's used in the dressing room over and over again is weather the storm. Well, the Oilers actually had to weather the storm in the first period as the Jets were all over the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, great scoring chance after great scoring chance. Uh, and, and just weird ones, like on a face-off in their own zone, Kyle Connor, the best goal scorer that the Jets have dressed, has two wide open shots three seconds after a faceoff. Those things can't happen. A one faceoff. Yeah. <laughs> they want it, and Connor gets two yeah. shots, including a wide open net that Smith made an absolutely incredible save on. Those things can happen in a game uh, of this magnitude. Yeah, and, and Mike Smith, quite frankly, has been excellent. Mm. 
I mean, he's allowed three goals in two games. His, if you would have said that before the series, you'd say, well, let's if, go. He, he's got a 946 to 8 percentage, you said, and he's yeah. got a goals against average, what is it, 1.4? So it well, yeah, it'd be, I guess he was out of the net a little bit on. So about, but now we had overtime yeah, tonight, so, so probably actually 1.4. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were to tell anybody and say, okay, I'm not going to tell you the scores in the games. Do you want to make a bet on this? I got Mike Smith at 946 and a 1.46 goals against average after two games. Do you want to bet if the Oilers won those or not? You'd bet the house. Yeah. Especially because you got Connor and Leon on your team. That's how good Mike Smith has been. And on the other side, that's how good Connor Hellebeck has been. Yeah, and I think we had to talk about, too, about how the Jets are, are, are checking. Not that the Oilers checked poorly tonight once they got their, their heads together after that poor start. But Winnipeg figures it out and gets the victory one nothing. Let's go into the Zoom room for Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. Well, Dave, I think you have to be pretty happy through two games with your defensive effort to only really allow three goals in two games. Um, offensively, just what, what has to change for you guys to break through offensively? You know what? There's just you just got to keep pounding away. We had some had some tight opportunities. I thought our power play had some opportunities, but it's just it's a tight game. You got to find a way to will one in the net and. Uh, They've got a couple breaks, and we haven't got any breaks around the net. So both goaltenders played well. Um, you know, it's just uh, a fortunate bounce. The one goes off, I think it goes off Lars's hand or hip at the end there. But we got to regroup and uh, go into Winnipeg and, and find a way to be a little better. You loaded up dry saddle with McDavid, and, uh, you know, your team was pretty much even in shots. You know, the first period, maybe Winnipeg controlled it. What did, what did you think or like of your second, third, and fourth lines? No, I thought I thought the first game they were good. We kind of shuffled things up to see if we could change some momentum. Early in the game, we took that first penalty early, three minutes in or whatever, and it's hard to get, you get out of rotation early. We took two penalties early, and then we had a power play late in the period and didn't do much with it. So it seemed like we were uh, we were chasing a little bit, but the second and third period, I thought we played a lot better, and uh, it comes down to a break, you know. So we're uh, you're trying to find somebody, you just find somebody to make that play that counts for you, you know? Terry Jones, Post Media. But Dave, can you speak to the challenge ahead? And uh, particularly, uh, I know there hasn't been much time to analyze it, but how do you think this team is going to respond to this over in Winnipeg? Well, I think our team has responded to adversity at different times all year. So I look at it as we, uh, I think we were tied with Washington for the best road record in the league this year. Um, you know, we got to go in, and there's some things in our game that we can do better, and there's and there's some things you like about our game. So, we got to go in there. There's going to be tight games. You got to find a way to win a game. That's what you're doing. That's that's what our goal will be. Uh, is it too early to ask you if you're going to go with Spitty back to back? Yeah, we'll go game to game. Thank you, Mark Spector, Sportsnet. Yeah, Dave. It just seems like the hockey has changed so much. Uh, you know, we've all been around playoff hockey and seen a bunch of it, but it's so stark. You guys in the Jets played all these high-flying 6-5 games, and now it's like 0-0. Zero, zero. Uh, is this even more abject change than, than you're used to, than you've seen? Well, you got to look at, you know, both teams. Both teams, I think, during the regular season, uh, 
probably relied on more offense than defense. Now it comes to uh, playoffs, and you got to rely on your defense as as much as your offense. Offense gets harder, and you got to make sure you defend. So as the uh, the mindset changes a little bit because you got to defend as hard as you can, and that's uh, that's just where the game is. So. So you've got a team that's that's clearly learned to defend, and that's a huge step forward. Um, yeah. But not learned to defend at this level and still produce something, right? Anything. Yeah. Now that's what you got to do. You got to find. It's like we talked about this morning. I'll take I'll take pretty goals if we get something on a rush. But you got to find some of those ugly goals. You know, find a way to to will one in the net, and uh, we haven't been able to do that. Derek Randy's post media. Hi, Dave. Um, obviously, in, in regular, regular playoffs, this building would have been jumping tonight regardless. Without any fans in it, does that change the dynamic of home ice advantage? Like, are you going to Winnipeg now? Is it not as intimidating as it would be as if fans were in the building? Yeah, I've said that all along. It just, you know, the home and road uh, thing and the, the emotion of the buildings and that is, as you know, nobody has an advantage either way. So it's... Uh, you go in there, you're, you know, it's it's almost a sterile environment. With, uh, but there's once the puck drops, like it's you, you tell before the game, and there's there's not the energy in the building. But then once the puck drops, players they play, you know, and it's uh, it's different a little bit. But you're engaged in a game like this tonight. You're it's it's a tight game. You're engaged all the time. You're you're not thinking about the fans in, but you certainly miss the energy in the building. And with so much focus on, obviously, Leon and Connor, how much did you get out of your bottom two lines today? Did you like their contributions, or do they got to give you more to get back in the series? Well, it's a tight game. You'd like, you know, we need, in tight games like this, you need contributions throughout your lineup, whether it's defensively and, you know, that your offensive players have to play well defensively, and and everybody has to be accept, expected to try to chip in. And when you're tight, tight games like this, 0-0 zero, zero game, it doesn't matter who chips in, you just got to get one. And, uh, you know, you'd like to see that not have to rely on Connor and, and Leon all the time. But, uh, but that being said, there's, you know, there's parts of our game that we're, it's a tight, tight game. You just, you just got to find a way to, to make that one chance count for you. Daniel Nugent, moment, The Athletic. Uh, Dave, you really leaned on a few players uh, with a lot of ice time in the third period, especially and going forward. Uh, Nurse and, and Dreisaitl really stand out. What, what went into that decision, and what did you see from those two players tonight? Wow, they're just different points of the game that they, you know, that they're, it's the role they play on our team. Dreisaitl got a few more minutes early because he was taking some face-offs and PK early. And... Uh, Nursey's played big minutes the whole year. So that's that's just where we are with our team. And and Mike Smith, I mean, he, he really kept you guys in it for the for the first part of the game. What did you see from from him in his uh, in his second game of the playoffs this year? Well, he was excellent. You saw it just like I saw it. He was an excellent player. Ryan Rashog, TSN. Dave, um, you know, you guys faced adversity at different points this year. This is a little bit different, but you know, what have you? How has your team grown in ways this year that kind of leads you to believe you'll handle being down in this series the way you are properly and that the you know the pressure of this that your team will handle it properly? I think the growth in our team, we talked about it after the game. We've been we've been continually getting better all year. We've had some, some you know bumps we had to cross here, so we uh, it's one of those bumps we got to come out better on the other side. And 
got to take it one game at a time and just find a way to win the next game. Thank you. This concludes tonight's media availability. All right, there's Dave Tippett after the Oilers lose 1-0 in overtime to the Winnipeg Jets. Paul Stastny with the game winner. Connor Hellebuck, brilliant again with 38 saves. Mike Smith stopped 35 out of 36. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in Rogers Place. You can get us on the Certainteed Hotline, professional-grade building materials, 780-496-0063. What are the Jets doing to take the rush opportunities away from McDavid? Um, if they don't have a forecheck, they back out and they clog up the neutral zone. Um, every time Connor gets the puck, he's coming up, he's facing five jets. And the way they're staggered, uh, whichever way he goes to, now they start pushing him closer to the wall. So if he goes up the ice, he goes to the left, the guy that's in the center pushes him towards the winger that's there and the defenseman. So now all of a sudden, Connor's never getting a chance to go one-on-one. And what we've seen over the course of the regular season, when Connor goes one-on-one against anyone, he's usually winning that race. Uh, there's been a number of times where Connor's come up and he's got across the blue line. He's had to stop and turn turn up because he's just been, his space has been closed off. The Jets are doing a great job. And and you, the thing that's impressive about what the Jets are doing, the Oilers have had the matchup that they've wanted, and they've tried to go head-to-head Connor McDavid a- against Shifley. Most offensive players are not known for their defensive prowess. Most offensive players uh, are, are known at times to anticipate, cheat, uh, err on the side of the offensive side of the, the, the ledger, and they haven't. Connor Shifley and Wheeler have, uh, have made a conscious effort to make sure there's always one, two, or three guys back and, and disrupting. And they've just, they hound. If Connor's coming up, it's there. If it, he finally gets to the defensive layer, the, to the defenseman, there's a winger or a centerman coming back and pestering him from behind. So the Jets have done uh, something that I, I didn't know was think was possible going into this series. I thought the Jets' weakness was their their last their bottom three defensemen, and they've done a fantastic job through two games, limiting the number of opportunities. And if there's a breakdown, and we've seen it. Connor Allenbeck has just made big save after big save. Now, having said that, McDavid, five shots on goal today. Dreisaitl, four. Nurse, six. Barry, four. Pugliarvi, five. I mean, I'm yep. listing off uh, the Oilers' five best uh, offensive players. Well, Nugent Hopkins uh, as well. He had two shots tonight, and the Oilers just cannot break through. Okay, 780-496-0063. We have Kim on the line. Hey, Kim, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, uh, Reed and Rob. I just uh, had a couple concerns. Um, uh, you were just talking about McDavid uh, having five shots, but I, in that first period, I noticed uh, there's a couple times I thought he should have shot, but he, instead he passed it over or tried to pass it over. Uh, and uh, the second thing uh, I'll say, and then I'll let you guys talk, is uh, the second line I thought uh, we were maybe undersized. Uh, Yamamoto seemed to be taking quite a quite a few hits in, in that in that first and second period. Um, is that a concern that you guys are noticing or as well? And um, obviously we can't fix it this year, but is that something that we'll have to address in the offseason? Um, I'll go and let you talk. Thanks. Sure. Well, I, yeah, I don't want to talk too much about offseason stuff, but, I mean, look, we know they need more depth, and if mm-hmm. they can get bigger guys, then that'd be great. Uh, I... I th- well, I know he hasn't scored in a while, but I thought Yamamoto worked hard and he freed up 
several pucks again tonight. Yeah, well, that hasn't been a problem for Yamamoto all year. He 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 dogs the other team's players. He gets in on the forecheck. He's not afraid to go into the battle. Uh, he creates turnovers. The problem, though, is that's one goal in 27 games right now yeah. for, for Yamamoto. And as hard as he's worked, you do need some production because he's either he's playing in their top six and most nights either with Connor and Leon. Uh, th- there is a that second line is small when Cahoon, Yamamoto and Nugent Hopkins are playing together and they're playing against it's a big a big team they're playing against. Having said all that, the Oilers second, third, and fourth lines through thirty or through sixty minutes battled uh, a team that is supposed to be deeper. Even they had a standstill. It was zero zero going into the into the final period. And they're showing like right now we're watching a lot of replays. The Oilers did have some great scoring chances. Unfortunately for the Oilers, they weren't able to capitalize, and the Winnipeg Jets got the one to sneak through. Well, the Oilers did not lose these games because their third and fourth nope. lines are getting scored on. Now, again, and I think I'm a little more critical of it than you are, you'd like them to score. I mean, there's some pretty good third lines in the league that score. Oh, absolutely. So, but, yeah, they're, they're not, they didn't lose these games because 97 and 29 have four points each. But the third and fourth lines were outscored six nothing. Nope, that's that's not why. No, well, at the end of the day, uh, Connor and Leon have zero points through two games. This is a team that's built on the back of those two players, and if uh, they've got nothing through two games, there's a, a fairly good chance that the others are going to be on the wrong side of the scoreboard. And it's not through lack of effort and lack of, lack of opportunities. They just, uh, I mean, they're they're playing to a standstill against the Shifley line. I mean, neither take away the empty net goals because they don't really count. The two top lines have gone head-to-head with zero offense through 120 minutes. Oh, a little bit more, 124 minutes. one nothing. the Jets win in overtime to lead the series 2 nothing. We have Darcy calling in as well. Darcy, good to hear from you. Go ahead. Hey, man. Um, okay, so i got a few things I want to bring up. Um, a, this is fine. This is kosher. It's cool. All right? Man. We've got two Hall of Famers on our team. This team is going to eventually get there. What happens right now doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. Let me reject that. It matters in the sense that this team is learning how to grind through this sh- this stuff. Yes. Um, I just want to say this. There is at least three times in the first period where I look at, at what was not called against the Oilers versus what was called for the Jets. And I'm like, no, it, it's, it's, a, it's not a two-way street. This is a one-way street. The refs are going to call something different versus McDavid than what they would call on your third or fourth liner, maybe even your second liner. It's not fair, but it is what it is. Connor's going to have to learn through this. Leon's going to learn through this. Man, this team is really good, but they're not going to win this year. And we might get through the first round, but we're not going to get through the second round. I'm telling you that right now. I love this team. I think they're learning to win. This is exciting. We need to embrace this. Be behind the team 100%. Absolutely 100%. I'm going to say this. McDavid316 says, I am better than you. I don't care. He will win the Stanley Cup, and he will win it in Edmonton. 
Good night, boys. All right. Appreciate that. That's Darcy at 780-496-0063. Uh, we got JP and Curtis coming up. If you want to chime in at 780-496-0063, this would be interesting when we get to JP on a Friday night. The Jets win it one nothing in OT. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Paul Stastny in overtime, 4.06 into overtime. The only goal of the game, and the Jets win it one nothing. They lead the best of seven, 2 nothing. Game three is going to be Sunday at 5.30 Mountain Time. So the face-off show on 6.30, Chad, will start at 3.30, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. No surprise to see Paul Stastny selected as the first star, though I still would have picked the winning goaltender. Absolutely. Hell- Hellebuck is the second star. Mike Smith is the... Third star, we're going to give the fourth star of the game for Mr. Mike's Steakhouse Casual or your game day meal for takeout or delivery. Check out the menu at mrmikes.ca. Well, nobody for Edmonton got a point, so the fourth star is kind of an unsung hero type. I'm going to give it to Ethan Bear. I thought he's been working hard. I'll, okay. give, I'll give mine to Ethan Bear. I'll, I'll agree with you. There were 62 face-offs. Uh, pardon me, there were 61 face-offs in this game. Leon Dreisaitl took 32 of them, and he won 20 of them. He was 63% in the face-off circle. The Oilers as a team were 57%. Uh, Leon played a lot tonight. Uh, they, the Oilers went all in on this game. They got three games in four nights, uh, but this was... Uh, Obviously, the magnitude. This was a huge, huge hockey game. At the end, with, with the TV timeouts, icings, and all, I, I thought Connor and Leon were going to stay on the rest of the game when there was about nine minutes to go in this hockey game. Uh, the effort was there. The desperation, everything was there. It just the, the, the puck luck and the bounce wasn't. And it was a tough, a tough night. But the one thing I can say for Oiler fans out there that are wondering if this is the end, I have been on a team that went into a playoff series in another team's rink and won both games. With the Pittsburgh Penguins, we beat the Philadelphia Flyers the first two games on the road and didn't win another game that series and lost four games to two. So there is still hope, uh, but the Oilers have got to find a way to solve Connor Hellebuck because uh, what we've seen and what we know, when a goaltender get, gains confidence, it grows and grows. they got to find a way to get him off his game because he has been excellent through two games here yeah well that's that's the thing for me well start the games better i will go back to that don't be outshot 13-6 in the in the first 10 minutes but i mean what do you do when you're facing a goaltender i mean it's easy to say we'll keep shooting i mean it's easy to say we'll get a better quality chance well okay but (laughs) that's that's not real i mean because there's no one that's going out there well I'm not. I didn't shoot my hardest on the last one. I'm yeah, going to shoot harder next time. I didn't pick the corner like I was going to. Uh, traffic bump. Uh, well, that nurse face. that nurse save was just Leon shoving the puck into the crease. Yep. Because he yeah. he didn't he did not make the play he initially wanted to make because on the it rush. got closed off. So yep. just throw the puck at net, the, the puck's on net. Just and and get ugly. Uh, I mean, because the pretty goals there's not a lot of pretty plays out there. So there's nothing wrong with, and we, we talk about it all the time, you have the puck in the corner and you don't see a, uh, a, the right play or you don't see a passing lane, shoot the, shoot the puck on net. Fire it along the goal line into the goalie's feet. You're not going to score, but you're going to create a scramble. You're going to create chaos. And I think the others have got to do more of that and get bodies in front. Now, again, that sounds easy, 
But the Winnipeg Jets' defense is huge. Like, four of them are huge. It's not easy getting to the front of that, but they've somehow got to find a way and battle and, and bump the goalie. Bump him every chance you got without taking a penalty. But you, you got to get him off his game because right now, he, he looks like the Vezina Trophy winner of, of a, a year ago because he has been excellent and has been the difference in the series so far. Okay, JP has given us a call. JP, nice to hear from you. Go ahead. I don't know you, guy. I'm going good. I'm going to get right down to brass bars tonight. No, no uh, pissing a bone tonight for me. We need a killer instinct. I'm not worried. I'm not worried one damn bit. You guys are talking, re- or read around, you both are talking, you hit that nail around the head. We need to get a bit greasy. We need to get trade or park boy on these guys, like bubbles out there, ripping around, filming, uh, you know, x-ray film with J-Raw, breathing heavy. We need to get into Greece. We need to give him back a few, uh, you know, you know, a shove, this stuff. But at the same time, we need to simplify things. Connor tonight, I've seen Connor McDavid. I tweet this. I see Connor McDavid come in and look for a shot. Just take a rip. Grip and rip. His shot has been blocked, I say, nine times in two games. This is unheard of, in my opinion. He's been the flat, the flat, the flat. The back defense are like, uh, they're tall. They're tall, they're big. But come on, you guys. We need to simplify. And we need to get a little greasy. We need to get a little greasy, and I need my boy, Cass. Cass, I'm begging you. I know he's listening right now. I text him. I say, Cass, you have to listen to me on the radio with Reed and uh, Rob. And he's listening. Cass, Cass, I need you to come through. But I'm not worried, you guy. I'm not worried. We're down to nine. Trust me, right now. I'll tell you right now. Hey, Jess, holla back. His ears look like Elf from the show back in the day. You remember the show, Elf? I'm telling you, he's hearing this too. Hello, Buck. Four straight. <laughs> You're going to be a save soon, my friend. All you right. won it last year, not this year. Hello, you guys. Thank you. JP trying to put the whammy on Connor Hellbuck. Might as well try it. Not much else has worked for the Edmonton Oilers. One goal in 71 shots on two games. Whenever the Oilers do score five in a game, they would like to maybe get to five in the series first, but uh, each time they score, it's uh, each time they score five in a game, it's the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Shed.com, presented by Japanese Village Restaurants, now offering takeout, complete details at jvedmonton.ca. Pugliarvi, I still still would say, I know they lost here, but I still think he's playing well. He played 22-54 tonight. I mentioned five shots. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't, he looked so tentative those first dozen games of the season. You don't see that anymore. He's going after the forecheck. He's trying to move guys off the puck. I like that play he had in the third period where he realized there's no one with me and he just kind of got a quick low shot away. Uh, he's playing aggressive. He, he's um, seeking out physicality. He's seeking out hits. Uh, he actually has now. I don't know if it's just uh, it's human nature. Human nature, what? But he plays with a little nastiness. I don't know if he understands he's playing a little nasty sometimes. <laughs> but he usually has someone on the other team mad at him by the end of the night just because he gets in there and he he just doesn't know his own strength. I think that might be what it is. But he has been very good. He's been. Uh, uh, to me, uh, through the last 
I don't know, 20 games of the season. Obviously, it's it's Connor and, and Leon, but I think Pugliarvi's been their third most productive and most most effective forward. I think he's past uh, R&H right now with with the game that he's brought. So, uh, no, he has been a, a shining light. The, the thing is right now, you, there are a number of players that are, are, are playing well. They're just snake bitten. They're, uh, it, it's a game where there's uh, the bounces aren't there. The effort's there. You can't fault the effort. You can't fault the the defensive uh, responsibility because they've limited the Jets, take away the empty net goals, to two goal, three goals in two games. I mean, the Jets have a good hockey club, uh, a good offensive hockey club, but the Oilers have somehow got to find a way to get the puck behind Hallibuck, and they're showing again the replays. I mean, that play that Leon Dreisel did the spinorama and Nurse got, I mean... Those are the ones that were going in for Darnell Nurse during the regular season. And on that one there, he got good wood on it. Halbeck just was a little bit better. So the series isn't over, but certainly the stress level for the Edmonton Oilers in their dressing room ha- has risen. And uh, there's no real thing called a must game until you lose and you're out. But... You do not want to lose game three in Winnipeg. That sets up a lot of pressure. And having said, I know that Jack and Bob talked after the game, and I don't know what you think, but to me, this is Mike Smith's series. I don't I don't contemplate a goalie change no, no at way. all. I know Bob said no. if you lose game three, well, if you lose game three, then you're certainly playing no, Mike yeah, Smith. I, it's to me, it's Smith yeah, all Mike the way. Smith all the way. And the way he's playing, he has been, he has been sensational as well. And the last goal, and I've seen it a few times now, that deflected off of Larson and went in the net. Now, I, Mike Smith didn't see it either way, but it went off Larson and in the net, and it's just unfortunate that's the way the game ended for the Oilers. 780-496-0063. Curtis giving us a call tonight. Hey, Curtis, go ahead. Hi there. How are you tonight? Not bad. Good. I I must agree with you guys on Ethan Bear's play uh, over the last couple of games. He's really stepped up on his line. Um now, Tippett and Maurice, I watched their interviews after the game, and they Maurice really seems to talk up his players. He's a really class-action coach. Tippett, the same way, he, he has a lot of experience. How come he doesn't... How come he doesn't... Um, just brag up his his players' stealth and their tryingness and their willingness to win this game. Um, that's what I'd like to know. Um, I, 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 I've listened to Dave Tippett. I think he's usually very positive about his players. He talked he, about the fact that it was uh, his team worked hard, and it was just. I, I mean, he was all positive. I mean, this is Paul Maurice is also the coach that uh, there was talk later in the season that he might have lost the dressing room. He benched Mark Shifley, who who was their star player. He pulled Halibut back-to-back games. So uh, I I think both coaches are are fairly good in the press. I've always found Dave Tippett's press conferences to be very good. He's very well-spoken, and I've never seen him throw any of his players under the bus. So No, and I'm not saying that, not at all. Um, Another question, and this has nothing to do with the Canadian League, what are we going to do about players like Kadri, um, these multiple uh, offenders that Mm -hmm. are just out to hurt? Well, they started by giving him an eight-game suspension, and uh, as Reed and I talked about at the end of the period when we brought it up, if they would have given him 20 games, I would have been fine with that as well because he, he's stupid. 
And it uh, might have been in the regular season. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the only thing that saved him, you're right, might have been the fact that uh, it's a playoffs and these games are almost worth twice as much. Uh, dumb. There's no need for that in the game of hockey. Um, and at some point, to me, if the NHL sends a message, says, you know what, we're going to give you 50 games because you're taking away the livelihood of someone else that's in this league. You've had your chances, and you just can't learn. So it's stupid, just dumb, 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 and there's not a player in the league that will stand up and say uh, that he didn't deserve at least that, if not more. Without Kadri, the Avalanche roll tonight 5-1 over the St. Louis Blues. They lead that series 3-0 as we update the Edmonton Trailers scoreboard. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Also, Bruins over the Capitals 4-1. They lead that series 3-1. The Predators get a big win in double overtime. Matt Duchesne scores 5-4 against the Hurricanes, who are still up 2-1 there. AHL playoffs, the Oilers farm team, the Bakersfield Condors, beaten in game one of a best of three against San Diego. 5-3 is the final. In 12 innings, Tampa Bay beats the Blue Jays 9-7. Oosthuizen and Mickelson tied for the lead at the PGA Championship. Both are five under par. And at, at Worlds, it, it was 2-0 Latvia over Canada. If I would say to Cam Moon before the game, of all the World Hockey Championships where you felt, I, I don't want to watch too much. I'm not that interested because I'm watching NHL playoffs. This might be the most irrelevant one. I hate to say that because I know the guys go over there and try, but it's it, to me it's hard to get excited for this one. In all honesty, I didn't know they were going on until I saw Latvia upset Canada. I'm like, in what? I didn't. I didn't realize the <laughs> Do world. nothing was yeah. it soccer. I'm like, I didn't realize that we were, the world championships were still going. So yeah. Uh, a shocking uh, result. Hartley's coaching the Latvian team. Oh, really? Bob Hartley, yeah. Oh, he's looking for a job in the National Hockey League. I'm not sure he'll get one. Well, you know what they say, the road to the NHL goes <laughs> through <laughs> Latvia. <laughs> I, I think I did read that once. I got a fortune cookie that said that. <laughs> I'm going to get you a T-shirt that says that. <laughs> then people will be like, Rob, when did you play in Latvia? Oh, long story, young one. <laughs> La- where's Latvia again? It's in Europe. All right, that's close enough. Okay, good. And it's not Latveria, which is the fictional home of Dr. Doom. Oh, that is uh, a piece of knowledge that I did not have before you just said that. Okay. After midnight, we'll transition into the comic book show. <laughs> I'm about I'm about to Google Dr. Doom, just so you know. Oilers lose one nothing in overtime. Certainteed hotline is 780-496-0063. We have Trent standing by. Hello, Trent. Go ahead. Hey guys, how are you? We're well. How are you doing? Doing good. I got a question for Rob here. So the Jets, um, they've been clogging up the middle, um, big time neutral zone, and and as they enter the ozone. Um, when you were young, Rob, what did what did your coaches always tell you to do when you entered the offensive zone with the puck? Drive wide. Exactly. Drive wide. You're playing right into Winnipeg's game right now. So what can Tippett do to alter their offensive game entering the Ozone? We're, we're playing right into Winnipeg's game. I think we've got to get some, some more body to drive in the middle and then dish, like dish some pucks wide and then get, get some more guys driving the net. What, uh, well, if, if you want to, exactly what you're saying, how did the game-winning goal go? They yeah, uh, player exactly cop yeah, came down exactly. the middle with full speed. So when a player's coming with full speed, the two defensemen are 
their gap control is based on the guys coming the fastest. So Cobb came fast, and he pushed both Larson and Kulikov back. Then he dished, right. he dished the puck to, the, to Stasny on the boards. Well, Stasny now has time and space because Cop pushed the two defensemen back. So now Kopp, or Stasny has time to move to the middle of the ice and shoot. That was a great play by Cop. If I'm talking to the Oilers before next game, and I said it today, unless your name is Dreisaitl or Connor McDavid, when you get to the center red line, you dump the puck in because that means everybody is going through the neutral zone with full speed and you don't have any hesitation as a winger because you know, okay, the D-man's got it or the centerman's got it. As soon as he gets to center, he's dumping in. I'm already going full speed. The strength uh, of the Winnipeg Jets is through their, is their offense, is their, their four lines. The weakness, if they have a weakness, and you haven't seen it yet in this series, is their four, five, six defensemen. Where you want to get them is below the goal line. You want to get them in on the four check. So for the Oilers, four check, four check, four check, turnovers in the offensive zone. And the Oilers do have some speed. They do have some big bodies. They can throw big hits. I mean, one of the big best opportunities they've had in the two games was on a four check where Josh Archibald, absolutely smoked DeMello. And they got a great scoring chance out of that. And that all it was was getting a puck in deep and a forecheck. And with that, you create turnovers. That's yeah. our that's our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com slash hockey as the Oilers are down 2 nothing in this series. Uh, we have Stanley on the line as well. We're going to get to a postgame from uh, Nugent Hopkins and McDavid, by the way, uh, soon as well. But first, we have Stanley on the line. Stanley, you're on with Robin Reed. Oh, hey, uh, hey guys. Um, uh, Reed, Rob, first-time caller. Uh, tough game tonight. Uh, just uh, disappointing, I think, just after last year's uh, play-in, what do you call it, against Chicago, and and uh, two really hard hard games uh, with the same results. Um, I've noticed that, though, the, it seems like Oilers, uh, you know, we've got some couple of great players but we don't seem to be able to score a lot of goals off deflections mm-hmm. it just seems like we're not really good at we score beautiful goals great but not a lot of we prepped a lot of shots tonight but nothing is getting through like we tried deflecting but it's like maybe we're just not that good at it i think we need to to you know that's a, uh, some teams are really great at like san jose i've seen like you know uh, brent burns it's like you know, putting a lot of pucks in, and they just practice and practice. So what do you think? I have another point after that. Well, the biggest thing, mo- most players in the National Hockey League, if if you took all the Edmonton Oilers, Oilers forwards and put them in front of the net and you had guys fire the puck, uh, they'd have a pretty high success rate at tipping every puck that comes in. Their eye-hand coordination is that good. For the teams that are really good at tipping pucks in and scoring goals, it's their players' ability to get to the front of the net. And I think that's the biggest thing is you have to fight for that space in front. The best oiler that has ever... Well, there's two great oilers for in front of the net, Ryan Smith and and Craig Simpson. And it was their willingness to stand in front of the net, their willingness to absorb punishment and and, and stake your claim so that when the puck comes in, you're able to tip it. So I think, as you said, the oilers have, have got to do a better job of getting to the front of the net to tip. Now, it's not easy. But that's how you're going to score goals on a goaltender. When when Hellebeck sees it, he stops it. So if you get in his eyesight, if you change the direction of the puck, you have a much better chance of scoring goals. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, the other thing is I noticed that there, you know, the game is so tight, uh, as everybody saw tonight. Um, the one, uh, uh, two minutes, for two minutes, 
when uh, the the ref gave us a, a four and four. So each each uh, each team got penalized. The game opened up. I was like, it was like the most exciting two minutes of the entire game for us. Anyway, I felt like, wow, we really motored. I wonder if we could like, you know, somehow get into these scrums and draw the Jets into these sort of like the, you know, we get a penalty, they get a penalty, and just open up ice a little bit. What do you think about that? Well, it's a great idea, but I can guarantee you that Paul Maurice and the Winnipeg Jet coaching staff are going to tell their players to stay out of scrums because it is a huge advantage to the Edmonton Oilers. The the more ice uh, that is open for a Connor McDavid, for a Leon Dreisettle is advantage Edmonton. So you're absolutely right. Uh, the Oilers, I thought, were much more engaged uh, tonight physically uh, with, with emotion, and there was a little bit more nastiness, and they need to continue that in Winnipeg. But uh, if, if I'm a Winnipeg Jet coach, I'm saying, okay, as soon as the whistle blows, guys, turn away. We can't afford to get into a 4-4 four and four battle. One nothing. The Jets win it. So the total donation to 6:30 Chad Santa's Anonymous, courtesy James H. Brown and Associates, serious injury lawyers, stuck at eighteen thousand four hundred dollars for the season. They're given a hundred bucks for every goal throughout the year. Scott is also on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Scott. Thanks a lot for calling. Hey guys. Uh, hope you had a good night. Um, yeah, just a couple of thoughts watching the game. Um, just. I just would like to hear your thoughts on Cassie and McLeod. Um, you know, I I understand McLeod's a, a you know a fast skater. You put him out there, and Dave Tippett puts him out there in overtime. But I mean, the game's on the line, and I I know this is not a, like a, a must win necessarily, but kind of skeptical about that. Also, I just um, on the game winner, I'm, I. I could be completely wrong on this, but it's just like, I don't know what Adam Larson's doing. Like, all he had to do was just block the shot. Like, in my opinion, it's just, I I, I don't know. I, I don't remember the last time I saw Adam Larson block a shot. Uh, like, that made a difference in a game. But, you know, if he did that, you know, that goal doesn't go in. In my opinion, that's just my thoughts. Uh, other than that, it's just hesitation. Um, just every Oilers power player, every time they enter the offensive zone, there's just so much hesitation, like, passing around, and, like, I get it, but, like, I watch other hockey games, these, these playoffs, especially Colorado, they just, like, McCarr will just throw it on net, you know, just create havoc and get a goal. But, like, I don't see that from this team, and, like, that's very disappointing. Um, we're down to nothing, but, like, you know, I remember the 6 run. Uh, we were down 0-2 to the Sharks, came back won the whole series so uh, i'm hoping for that and i'll just hear your thoughts thanks guys and i appreciate uh, all your time yeah good points uh i mean i I would put shore in for mcleod at this point personally yeah Uh, i mean there's a possibility of him uh ennis uh ennis for cahoon maybe yeah, yeah, I think Cahoon will be the first one that comes out if someone comes out of the lineup. And, and the the other one is, is Cassian, who uh, uh, the fact that he doesn't play power play and penalty kill, that, uh, that affects his ice time. Uh, the physicality, I mean, he was talking a lot tonight. He was trying to get into the heads of the Winnipeg Jets players, but uh, they're staying away and, and, and not getting involved. It's, it makes no sense for them to go four and four, as we just talked about. But I I do believe there will be some changes before next game as for Larson I th- to me it was Larson is a very good defensive defenseman and I I do believe he blocks a lot of shots he's got a willingness to play 
physical to block shots. He'll do whatever it takes. On that one right there, I think Stasny used Kulikov as a screen, and it was just uh, the perfect storm of that puck going in. It just, I don't know if, I don't believe Larson could have got in front of it. And unfortunately, I do believe it tipped off Larson, mm-hmm. and that change of direction was just enough to beat Mike Smith. Well, you could tell the way Smith reacted. Well, he, I that mean, he was ready to grab it, and then it yeah. moved on. Well, I mean, you, when they, I, I couldn't tell on TV, but when I watched on the jumbotron, they're showing the replay over and over again. You could see it brush off him and just change the direction just enough, and that's that is why you shoot in overtime from everywhere because sometimes that happens. Okay, Oilers lose one nothing in overtime. They trail the best of seven. 2-0. Jeremy and Tony are next in the batting order on the phone lines. You're also going to hear from Nuge and McDavid. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Paul Stastny's the overtime hero for the Winnipeg Jets. one nothing. Just one goal. Smith and Hellebuck both brilliant. They will play in Winnipeg on Sunday and Monday. And hopefully in Edmonton on Wednesday. And then hopefully also in Winnipeg next Friday. Because the Oilers are going to need at least six games now. Let's go into the Zoom room for Mattress Superstore. Nugent Hopkins and McDavid. Hi, Connor. I just want to ask you about what it's like, you know, playing in a tight game like that, 0-0. As the longer the game goes, is things get a little tighter or kind of how are you guys feeling out there that's fun fun to be a part of a game like that um you know, that's what you want um obviously a tight checking game zero zero uh you know i thought we had some good chances we got to bear down obviously and and, and find a way to get one that's fun line. And, and, and ryan just your thoughts on, on the contest just the, it looked like it was just a break here or there that was going to decide this one yeah i, I mean we battled all all game. Um, we were still battling in overtime. Um, we just we just needed one to break them, and um, yeah, we didn't get it tonight. But uh, we got to move forward here. Jason Greger, TSN twelve sixty. Yeah, Connor, the, you guys didn't get a lot of power plays, and you got two back to back. You know, you had that very brief twenty one seconds. You win the face-off, and you got the play I think you wanted uh, with Leon on that side, and Hellebuck made a good save, and you know, if that's probably an inch or two higher, it's a goal. What, what did you make of, it, of the power play? Uh, did you like what you guys are doing uh, on the power play, and if there's anything you, you feel you want to change? Yeah, we had our looks. Um, obviously, that one there, um, you know, puck kind of squirts out to me, and... and you know, just trying to put it through, uh, you know, a bunch of bodies there, but, you know, just hit something. So, um, you know, we had our looks. Um, that's uh, that's what you want from your power play. Obviously, it would have been nice to get one, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a tight game out there. Thanks. Terry Jones, Post Media. Well, can you both describe uh, the challenge ahead and also... Uh, uh, talk a bit about the game Mike Smith gave you in goal tonight. Uh, yeah, um, obviously uh, dug ourselves a bit of a hole. I think uh, you know both games could have gone either way. Obviously, it's not uh, not the position we want to be in. We've been a good road team all year long and 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 had success in that building as well. So, um, and we've been good on back to back. So, you know, we we have uh, you know some things. Uh, some things that uh, 
that you know we can uh, be positive about. I thought uh, our battle level was great. Obviously, you asked about Smitty, and, and Smitty was unbelievable for us tonight. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't ask much more from your goaltender. Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> like Connor said, it's not the position we, we want to be in, but there's no reason we can't go out there and do what these guys just did to us. And um, I mean, we battled both games. It's uh, it's it's we just got to find a way to way to put one in and uh, get ourselves a lead here. But I mean, uh, I mean, Smitty played outstanding. I mean, both nights he was just kicking solid and um, he battled and uh, he gave us a chance and. Um, yeah, like uh, like Connor said, I mean we've been good, good on the road, good back to back. So no reason we can't uh, we can't do this. Park Specter Sportsnet. Yeah, Connor, uh, I'm wondering if I could just ask you how the, the game changes so much. You know, you guys played Winnipeg in games this season of five and six, four and four three, and now you got your team has one goal in in two games, and it's just so tight out there. Is it? How does this, how does a game change so much just because it's playoffs? Uh, well, I think obviously every play matters. Um, you know, guys are, are dialed into a, to the details. Um, you know, I think we've been solid defensively as well. You know, they've got uh, they've got three three real goals. Obviously, two empty netters. But um, you know, I thought we've been we've been good defensively as well. Um, you know, that's definitely not an issue. Um, we got to find a way just to break through. Ken Holland always talks about how you know, he's trying to build a winner here, and, and he says we've got to be a team that gets the playoffs every year so you can have experiences exactly like this one. Uh, Connor, do you, you know, it's hard to lose a game like this, I get it, but can you experience a game like this in the regular season? Does this game exist in the regular season? Uh, no, probably not. I think uh, you know, there's games that are close, obviously. Um, you know, coming down the stretch, teams vying for spots, positioning, all that, so... Um, but you know you can't uh, you can't replicate uh, a playoff game and and the intensity and, and that feeling out there. So um, obviously it's a fun game to be a part of. This is what we want to do. This is why uh, this is why you work uh, work all year long is to, to put yourself in spots like this. And um, you know obviously uh, like I said before we dug ourselves a bit of a hole. But um, many many teams have, uh, have found a way to win from uh, from the spot we we're in right now. Daniel Ninja Bowman, the Athletic. Uh, this question is for uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I'm just wondering if you could compare uh, the types of chances that you got in game one versus game two. Did you feel like you had better looks tonight? Um, well, I think both nights we, we've had our looks. Um, a lot's coming from the point. Um, I thought tonight we did a better job of getting bodies around the net and uh, getting some more opportunities. Um, I mean, that's how we've scored our goal. Uh, this, this series is uh, putting the puck on net and and getting a whack and, uh, and and getting rewarded for it. So, I mean, tonight we still had our looks. Um, we got to find a way to break through. And, I mean, I think uh, the confidence in uh, in the room is still there to, to be able to do that. Yeah, that kind of leads me to my next question for, for uh, Connor. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl yesterday was saying that he wasn't worried about, you know, just getting the one goal uh, in the first game, that you guys have done this all year, produced offensively. But after getting shut out in game two, is there a little bit more concern? How's the mindset on that approach and, and trying to break free offensively here? <clears throat> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it concern, but obviously we got our desperation has to get up. Um, you know, we got to be hungry around the net. Some loose pucks around there that are that are you know laying around there that are uh, you know waiting to be put in the net, and uh, and we just got to send them on their way. That's 
that's just the the way it is. Um, you know, maybe a little hesitation from you know in certain spots. Um, you know, I think uh, the more we put there, the the better the odds, obviously. <clears throat> All right, that's Connor McDavid and Ryan Nugent Hopkins after the Oilers lose one nothing in overtime. Is there hesitation, Rob? Does it get to the point where you just assume you're going to get body checked or there's going to be a stick in your way and that alters you just going on instinct and making a play? Uh Yes, uh, I think there's a number of examples of it in this game tonight where players are moving the puck quickly and getting rid of it sometimes too soon because the expectations you're about to get run. Uh, and both teams did it. I, I've, I've seen a few of the Winnipeg Jets defend, defenders get the puck and throw it quickly and blindly just because they're trying not to get hammered in their own zone uh, and, and cough the puck up. Uh, in, in, a, in a series where every body check is being finished, you, your mindset is, okay, move the puck quick. Get it out here quick. I don't want it to be in trouble. It, I'd rather be fighting for it at the blue line than fighting for it down here below the, the, the goal. And sometimes you're throwing the puck before you have to, but that's just when you're over and over and over again getting finished on every single play you become a little more uh, quick-triggered and moving the puck probably sometimes before you, you have to. Having said that, sometimes when you have too much patience, you get run over, and now the puck battle is now below your goal line, and that's not what you want. Okay, 780-496-0063. Tony is on the line. Tony, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Maybe Tony is not on the line. We'll try for uh, Tony again later. Oilers lose one nothing in overtime. So, what if if you're Dave Tippett and the coaching staff? What are you What are you saying? I mean, it's one thing to say, "Well, keep your chin up. You're trying hard," but there's got to be little. I mean, the Jets are clearly doing things tactically that they didn't do against the Oilers yep. in the regular season. So, what do the Oilers coaches need to do? Well, I think they'll stress. I mean, some of the callers have talked about the things that should be stressed. You know, getting bodies in front, getting pucks in deep, uh, getting a, a better on the forecheck. Uh, those are things that are uh, repeated over and over again. I think one thing you want to do is, as a coaching staff is make sure you keep your your team positive. Don't let them look at the long term. Well, we got to win four out of the next five games. That's 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 impossible. Just think one game at a time, and he talked about it. After the game, someone asked him a question about back-to-back goalies. What are you going to do? And he said, let's just worry about one game at a time. And that's all you have to do. Let's just win game one. You win the first game in Winnipeg, all of a sudden, it's a brand-new series. And that's all they're focused on. They're going to have to – I imagine there will be a couple lineup changes. I imagine there may be some line changes. But it's just the Oilers had the season they had wasn't a fluke. They're a good hockey club. Uh, the top two scores in the National Hockey League have yet to get a point in this series. That's going to come to an end, and and I imagine that'll be on Sunday. So I think they just uh, press and talk about the positives and just clean up a little bit of the, the negatives that uh, have, have haunted them in the first couple of games. All right, let's try Tony again, 780-496-0063. Tony, do we have you? Can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay, there we go. Sorry, I don't know what the, I don't know what happened. Um, I got a few points and a, few, a couple questions. A uh, few points. Is, the one point is, 
it seems like when we're on the power play, the Jets are knowing that it's going to be a cross-crease pa- pass from Connor to Leon. Is there any... Like, I feel like there there should be a different kind of game plan to where on the power play instead of passing it from Connor Leon for the one timer that you know we push it push it down or shoot it on the net and hopefully a deflection because we do have Chase on there and he's pretty decent at you know gathering what's going on and he had a decent opportunity tonight but it just seemed like the puck bounced. Uh, my two questions are... Okay, but I'm going to stop you before on the, the power play. The Oilers have the best power play in the National Hockey League back-to-back seasons. I No, I, so I, no, t- I, I understand, so I understand they, that. But they, they're, whatever they decide to do on their power play, I'm, I'm all for because they, they, they were significantly better than any other power play in the National Hockey League. Everyone knew okay. what they were doing all season long. There's, there was no surprises. And tonight, they just didn't capitalize on their chances. But, yeah, their power play, uh, you're not changing anything. If, if Connor sees a play he wants to make, he makes that play, same as Leon. So their power play is fine. They didn't get it done tonight, but their power play is fine. What do you think Cassian needs to do? to Because he feeds off the crowd. And with the way that the hockey is right now with no crowd, what do you think, what do you think Cassian needs to do to – you know, get himself hyped up because he just kind of looks invisible on the ice. Well, he's just going to have to do what everyone else on the ice is doing is creating your own uh, energy. Uh, it If there's 18,000 fans in here or if there's 12, it, it doesn't change what your, your job is. It doesn't change what your goal is. Um, you have you, you, what you're supposed to be doing on the ice isn't dictated by what 18,000 people are screaming at you to do. You've got a role, you got a job, you've got uh, a, a, a message coming from the coaching staff telling you, here, here's what we need from you. So to me, uh, that is not an excuse. There's no way you can use an excuse to say, hey, well, I need the fans to be better. Because if that's the case, well, then you shouldn't be in the lineup. Yeah, that's a good point. Oilers lose one nothing in overtime to the Winnipeg Jets. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Osama calling in. Hey Osama, go ahead. Hey, thank you. I'm a big fan of the show. You guys always do the best. I just want to say that Oilers always played better on the road this past season. They have more wins on the road, and as good as Connor Hellebuck has been, no goalie can keep as good as our McDavid and Drysdale are. He can't play that well all four games. There's no way. Eventually, he's going to be solved. So I just want to know what you think about that. Well, the road records are exactly right. They're the best uh, best in the league, Best, certainly best in the Canadian division, where most of the teams were better away from home. Yeah, and as for Leon and Connor, I, I would not bet against them in game three. Um, uh, the, the Jets have done a fantastic job. They also have got some good puck bounces for themselves i mean there's been three or four i'm watching the replay of Connor mcdavid with the the open net and it hits the back of Demello. uh dry settle throwing it to nurse back door eventually you would think uh the bounces will even out and the oilers best two players and the nhl's best two players are, are going to explode and uh it, what's going to be interesting too, read is the oilers have had last change in the first two games and they've dictated what the matchups are. I would not imagine the Winnipeg Jets matchup was they would want the Shifley line against McDavid. They got 
a, a really good checking line in Lowry. Mm -hmm. They've got... Uh, they traded for Dubois, who is a, a very good two-way player. It'll be interesting to see what Paul Maurice does when he's got last change. Does he go with what they've had success with here, or does he go back to his traditional checking lines that he, I'm sure he would have preferred on the ice at times over the last couple of games? That'll be interesting to see because now Paul Maurice gets to make the decisions. And even though the Jets are a deep team, Thompson only played 938. Mm -hmm. Lewis played 1111. Tononato played 834. So about the same as the Oilers three forwards who wound up not playing a bunch. Yep. So they, you know, it was it kind of became a 9-10 forward game for both teams as, the as it went on. Yep. As the importance of the game went on, they they put out the players they trust the most. Uh, I, I imagine that Thompson and Lewis, some of those minutes too, might have been their PK. Uh, and, and give credit to the, the Winnipeg Jets' penalty killing in the third period. They had to f kill off three minutes and 40 seconds worth of penalty to the NHL's best power play, and they were able to do that. So credit to them. That's a big reason the Winnipeg Jets won today's game. Yeah, they, both, and both uh, Lewis and Thompson played a minute 59 shorthand. So two minutes so of that time, so... Not a lot of five-on-five five time for the fourth line. Yeah. Okay, Cameron has called in as well. Cameron, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, I'm just wondering about uh, your guys' thoughts on uh, the defense. I know it was a 0-0 game and one nothing in overtime, but do you think um, do you think uh, Medicine Tigers, their alumni, Chris Russell, gets into this series? I don't know if he's healthy. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been skating as the ninth defenseman at practice. So it just comes down to health. Um, I mean, obviously, Nurse isn't coming out. I, I doubt Kulikov would come out. I just, I, I just don't know if he's healthy enough to even have that conversation right now. I. So I mean, I, Chris Russell would be a very good playoff style hockey player, um, and I, they, the, he would be a, a great addition to a lineup, but. It, it, again, it's hard to pull out anyone when you've only given up three goals in two games. And if Chris Russell's not fully healthy, he's not going in no matter what. And Kulikov was acquired for this very reason. Yep. I think that if Russell wasn't able to go, and they, they seem to know Cuckoo was probably coming back and being available. Yeah. So and they obviously like Cuckoo more than Jones or Lagason, who I, I, don't, I don't see getting into this series. Uh, yeah, no. I, again, the, defensively, the Oilers have been pretty good. Um, they've given up three goals. I mean, there was one hiccup tonight. Cuckoo, uh, he pinched up and created an odd man rush. I think it was Cop that had got snuck in behind him. But you, you just can't do that. Other than that, uh, again, this is a... The Oilers easily could be up 2 nothing in this series. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets just got one more save and obviously one more goal. one nothing. the final tonight. Paul Stastny, the overtime hero for the Jets. You're still going to hear from Tyson Berry and Darnell Nurse. You can get us at 780-496-0063. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Rob Brown is here as well. I just realized it's Friday. It is. I like Friday. Well, I mean, I knew it was Friday, but 
I'm less aware of the days of the week. It's Friday of the long weekend. Hockey. Friday of the long weekend. And it's supposed to be nice all day tomorrow. Oh, is it? Yeah, everyone go oh, outside, enjoy the sunshine, have a couple of drinks, and get prepared for the Oilers to come back in this series. I just wanted everyone to feel positive about the weekend. Well, that's good. Mm -hmm. That's good, Rob. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they, uh, they head off to Winnipeg for the back-to-back -back games. Uh, again, like you said earlier, I would certainly smith is starting like i see quite frankly if the oilers lost game three 18 nothing on sunday i would still put smith <laughs> in net on monday well i said at the beginning of the series that i don't believe you're going to see another goalie in the series on either team i think both goalies are playing back to back this is the playoffs. Well, Hellbuck for sure. Yeah, well, this is the playoffs. So, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, Smith is it's head and shoulders above Koskinen right now. So, at the very least, the Oilers are down 2-1 going into Monday. At the worst, they're down 3 nothing. You're, you're playing your best. Yeah. So, yeah, to me, there's unless there's an injury, uh, Mike Smith is playing. He's going the duration, and so will be Hellenbuck. Yeah, Hellebuck's been awesome. I mean, 70 out of 71 shots. And, you know, it's it, like we're talking about the – and the Jets are defending well, blocking yep. shots, tipping passes. But, again, you know, you're watching the highlights here and you're thinking, oh, geez, like that's a lot of grade-A chances for for the Oilers. Actually, my colleague uh, Dave Campbell, just going to double-check what he wrote something out because when Dave's watching, he, he looks at that natural stat trick site that tracks scoring chances. So uh, Dave wrote the Oilers had 12 high danger chances in the second, third, and overtime, and the Jets had three. And the Jets' goal was not a high danger no. chance. No, it it was a smart play, yeah, uh, a good play, and a game winning play. But yeah, the, the when what they had a little package on on the TV here as we're doing our show, and it showed the number of. Well, I, I think they were highlighting how good Hellenbuck was, mm -hmm. but it showed how many Grade A scoring chances the Oilers had. Like, they had enough to win this hockey game. Well, they had two in the first minute of overtime. Yep. Oh, and the, the puck was laying around that crease. And not only did they have two in the first minute, it was with their best players on the ice. Yeah. It was McDavid and Dreisaitl. So they had chances to win this game. Again, this is a this series is that close. And that's what everyone expected. I mean, throw out the regular season. Everyone talked about it. The Winnipeg Jets have a good hockey club. They have a great goaltender. And we've seen both of those things here through two games. Yeah. Uh, but, but again, the... the the crisis in the seven-game series is you don't you run out of track really quick. Well, the stress level is high now. Now, yeah. now you get into a situation in Game Three where a bad call, a bonehead play, uh, a goaltender stealing a game puts you on the brink of elimination. It now it gets now it gets real. It it really gets real. You have the others need their best effort of the uh, of the series uh, in Game Three. They've got to come away with a victory, and. Uh, they're capable of doing it. And I told you I've been in a series where we won the first two on the road and then lost four straight. It, it doesn't happen a lot. I mean, the, the, the Oilers are not sitting pretty, but they're certainly not out of this series yet. But game three is going to be vitally important. Once in their franchise history have the Oilers lost the first two games of a series on home ice. It was the 1983 Stanley Cup final. They went back to Long Island and were swept by the New York Islanders. And everybody that has nothing to do with what is happening in 2021. <laughs> it's just, we look stuff up sometimes. Well, it's like, is this going to have a happy, happy ending? No, there's, there's no happy ending There's on no that. happy ending, <laughs> but there's also no connection to what's happening <laughs> on this team. Well, 
Actually, they're probably, I, I'm not doing the math quick enough in my head, but there's probably some quite a few players that weren't born on the Edmonton Oilers. Well, was Smith even been born? Uh, so yes, that would he, be would have, he would have been 83, born. so that's 17, 38. Yeah, so Smith would have Smith been the only born. I mean, Tippett was probably playing. Would he have been in Hartford then or still in university? I think he might have just joined Hartford. I think he would have been in Hartford at that point because he's a little bit older than me. Yeah. So, anyway, that's just my random thing. Okay, back into the Zoom room. Darnell Nurse and Tyson Berry. Uh, I'll start with Tyson. Um, Tyson, obviously, generating offenses, you know, it's, you guys seem to be having a bit of a tough go with it. So what's happening out there, you think, that uh, is, is making it so tight and keeping you guys off the board? Yeah, I mean, give them credit. They're playing a really tight game. They're not taking any chances, giving us any, um, you know, odd man rushes. But we've had some looks, and um, we've got to capitalize on them. We've got to find a way to get one on that power play. And, um, you know, we've got all the confidence in the world that we're going to be able to score goals, so we just got to stick with it. Darnell, if you can, just a thought, and I know this is really fresh, but losing the first couple of games at home is not ideal. This is going to be a massive challenge. And where's your head right now, kind of, on, on what's in front of you? Oh, it's a, it's a challenge. It's uh, playing the playoffs is never easy. Uh, there's there's lots of ways to to have success, and sometimes that uh, you know the having the first two games go the other way, and then having that adversity in your face. I mean, we are uh, we're in a place now. We gotta you know just find ways to win games. So you sit here and dwell and you know say the sky is falling, but I mean let's be real. We go we uh, have a team that uh, is capable to show up uh, in our next game in two nights and and uh, start to hopefully get some bounces our way and and, and start to build off something. So uh, I'm not gonna I don't think anyone in our room is gonna sit back and feel bad for ourselves and feel, or feel like we're so far out of this one. There's uh, a lot of work to be done. It's not gonna be easy uh, whatsoever. They're playing a really good strong uh, team game, but uh, it's a challenge that uh, we we gotta be up to to meet. Daniel Nidra Bowman, the Athletic. Uh, I guess it's for Darnell. Uh, how did you feel your game as a team uh, was tonight in comparison with game one? I think we found ways to, to generate chances throughout the game from, from the first all the way uh, till the end of the game. So, um, you know, I, I feel like if our, if our team can continue to do that and then, you know, keep keep the chances against low, I, I like, uh, you know, I, I like our chances. I mean, that, that's... No, all we can do is go out there and play, and, and um, you know, play the right way. And, and for the most part, I thought we did say there's there's things that uh, we need to continue to get better at um, th this time of the year. But um, there's there's things that we could look back in our game and look at these two games, and, and especially tonight, and say, okay, we can we need to build off this and just take it to another level. And for Tyson, um, how how did you guys feel like you generated uh, chances in comparison with with game one? Did you feel like you had some more looks? Yeah, I think we had some. I mean, we had some good looks. We had the one on the on the power play there, where I don't know how we got his hands up there and stopped Connor. But um, I mean, we're we're trying to get lots of pucks through from the blue line and and get some sticks on him and and try to get some greasy ones. I mean, um, that's kind of how the playoffs is. Uh, that's kind of how the playoffs goes. You look around the league; a lot of the goals are scored are just through a screen and and through a tip. And I thought we did a an all right job of getting some pucks through. And we had a couple uh, couple close ones down by the net. Jim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, this is for uh, Tyson. Obviously, he had a five-on-three for 21 seconds in the third period. Uh, is it too simplistic to say that's where you lost the hockey game? You didn't score there. Yeah, I mean, it's 20 seconds, so... I mean, if that's a full two minutes, you might be able to look at that. But um, Leon had a good chance. If he gets that up, that's a goal. It's a good save by uh, Hellebuck. So I don't think, uh, you know, you lose the game in 20 seconds. Thank you.
Jason Greger, TSN 1260. Darnell, in, in the first period, you know, the Jets kind of really took it to you guys a little bit, but then you rebounded and controlled and had more shots than them in the second and the third. What did you guys change between the first and the second? I don't think we changed much. We just kept playing. And that's, I think, you, like, you, I mean, it's kind of a metaphor for the whole series. Like, you're going to face adversity. You just got to stick with your game. You just got to keep playing. So, um, no, they, they had uh, good pushes. We had good pushes. And it's uh, you know, a one-goal game in, in OT. So, it was, uh, it was hard fought. And, Tyson, you've been around a long time. you played in playoffs. We always hear how, you know, the, you know, the game is called differently. Uh, they seem to let a lot go early on. Is that ever frustrating as a player, or do you just accept that there's a, you know, quasi-different rule book and standard in the postseason? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, uh, and it's no secret, the playoffs are called a little tighter, and, um, you know, they let a little, little more go, but um, certainly I don't think that was the, the issue tonight. I thought it was a, you know, a hard-fought game by, by both teams, and, you know, you go into overtime 0-0. Obviously, we'd love to get our, our power plays and get a lot more, but... I think uh, both teams are pretty aware of what they're doing, trying not to take penalties because, you know, both teams have good power plays. Derek Fandis, Post Media. Hi, Darnell. This is for you. Um, I know you guys dominate the season series, but you guys were expecting a close series here with the Jets, especially with the 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 kind of playoff experience they have on their team. It, do you just look at it as they're getting a couple breaks in the first two games and you guys just didn't get the couple breaks in the first two games? I mean, they're, they're tight games, right? So um, they, I mean, you could look at both and probably say they could go, could go either way. Um, yeah, it's been, I mean, we, we knew it was going to be a tight series coming into this. We knew it wasn't going to be easy at all, no matter what uh, the regular season record was. So um, for us, I mean, you can't get, uh, can't get frustrated too, too far from our game. We just got to continue to play. Uh, and, and like I said, we, we knew this was going to be, a challenge. Um, they were, you know, a little, a little more behind it than uh, than you want to be at this point. But I mean, now you just have to, you know, continue to rise up and play your game. And um, I, I feel like if we do that, we have a lot of confidence in our team. And Tyson, just want to ask you: You guys were playing in a quiet building here. Now you're going to a quiet building in Winnipeg. How much does home ice advantage uh, mean in the series where there are no fans in the stands? Yeah, probably not as as. Uh... You know, important as as other years when you have your you know your uh, your building behind you, but that matchup's big, and um, you know we we wanted to take advantage of that. But I think uh, if I'm not wrong, I think we have one of the best road records in the league. So um, we like playing on the road; it's not an issue, and um, we're we're looking to go in and, and play uh, play two big ones and, and claw our way back into this thing. Terry Jones, Post Media. Yeah, Tyson. You know, you guys in the Jets played 6-4 games, 6-5, 4-3 all season long. Uh, and then you get here to the playoffs, and it is absolutely, completely different hockey. Can you put into words how, you know, a sport can just be played so differently when you go from regular season to playoffs? What happens? Yeah, I think obviously everybody's trying to play tight D, and um, especially with the su success we had against these guys this year. Uh, I imagine that uh, you know they're they're obviously focused on trying to stop our speed through the neutral zone and and they're you know credit to them they're not giving up any odd man rushes they're taking no chances and um, that's a little different than I think the regular season so we'll we'll find a way to work through it and it's going to be uh, it's going to be tough but you know if we can uh, play in their end and and get some sustained pressure I think we'll be able to break them down so we just got to stick with it. Thank you. 
Terry Jones, go ahead, try again. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah, gotcha. Uh, can you both take a turn at uh, describing what the uh, the atmosphere was like in the dressing room when you left? And, and could you both uh, uh, speak to the uh, the game that uh, Mike Smith gave you in goal? Uh, the room when we left where? After the game? Yep. Yeah, obviously it's... Uh, you know, it's a quiet, it's a quiet room, but you, you hate to lose one in OT. But uh, you know, we, we've got a good, you know, we've got a good focus on what needs to be done, and we know it's not the end of the world. We got a lot of hockey left, and um, you see series all, all the time go the distance. So um, we're prepared for a long series, so we're not uh, hanging our heads here. But I mean, Smitty was outstanding tonight. He made a bunch of big saves, and um, I mean, he's he's been great for us all year. All you know, these these two games too. So. Uh, we would have liked to grind one out there for him in, uh, in overtime, but at the end of the day, you're not going to win uh, with no goals, so we got to give him some support there. Yeah, I think Tice described the, described the room pretty good. I don't think you ever lose a game and come in as electric in there. So um, as far as Smitty, Smitty you know, played a great game and, and gave us a chance and made some huge saves, especially early on in the game, to, to keep us in it. And I mean, Night in and night out, he shows up and uh, you know plays uh, plays a heck of a game. So we're uh, we're fortunate to have him, and I know he's uh, he's one of the hardest workers uh, in our room. So it's uh, it's not 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 too much of a surprise. Starnell Nurse and Tyson Berry, the Oilers beaten one nothing in overtime by the Winnipeg Jets. Paul Stastny 406 into the extra frame. Connor Hellebuck, a 38-save shutout. The Jets are up 2-0 in the best of seven. Game three is in Winnipeg on Sunday. Face-off show at 3.30 here on 6.30, Shed. The game will start at 5.30. Thanks to Troy Bowler and Kellen Kennedy working behind the scenes tonight. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. Have a great weekend. Talk to you Sunday. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.